Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. All right, today is full of surprises. Um, I am meeting with a gentleman named Joshua Vickery, who is totally not like the English professor that I thought he would be with the pipe <laughs> and everything else with the name. Like Joshua Vickery, I thought he'd be lecturing me on some kind of a classic novel or something. But we are here at Encore Creativity for Older Adults. And my second surprise is that you are located right on Old Solomon's Island Road in a, I'll say a high rise, but a, a large office building. And most nonprofits in the area tend to be much smaller of a footprint. So I'm surprised and I'm really excited to learn about Encore Creativity for Older Adults. And Joshua, thank you very much for inviting me into your office. Yeah, thank you, John, for having me. It's my pleasure. In a basic sense, you guys are a nonprofit, and I'll use my words and not something off of your website, but it's designed to, I guess, enable, enhance, advance vocal arts for older adults. Is that, am I kind of on there? Absolutely. It's to create opportunities for older adults to be in choirs. And we believe in creative aging. We believe that's a part of, as you get older, you need the arts in your life for, for many reasons. But this organization is the nation's largest and fastest growing choral arts organization in the country for older adults located right here in Annapolis. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was larger than Annapolis, but let me, let me just step back a little bit about here, but let's, let's define older. Okay. Uh, do I, uh, hope, I don't is this a trick that. question, I, John? I, don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what what is considered an older? I know that you've you've seen some retirement communities that say fifty five plus, and you know others. I mean, is do you have an age limit? I mean, do you have to show ID to get in here? We do. I, we don't necessarily have to show ID. We go off, you know, the good word of people. But we are fifty five and older in our organization, so we do tend to skew a little bit older because most of our programs right now are during the day, and so we don't have a lot of working older adults that are involved in the daytime program. So that's a part of our long-term vision is to create weekend and nighttime programs as well. But we do start at 55. So we have 55 all the way up through their upper 90s. Well, it's funny. You mentioned that arts were so important to older adults and stuff like that. And I, I would argue with you there that arts are probably very important to younger adults and children. And, you know, throughout, it's it's, it's a lifelong passion. Um, and it just gives so much back to you. Yeah, and, I couldn't agree more. My background from Orlando, Florida is leading an organization that was for all ages and for all abilities. So I'm a proponent of everyone having access to the arts in their lives. When we talk about older adults, some of it is, you know, older adults are an underserved population, especially when it comes to, to arts and culture. But also we want to be able to give uh, older adults, especially in those retirement years, the opportunity to find something new and to find something different that they love. I can't tell you how many times I hear older adults talk about how singing or being a part of the choir community has literally changed their life. My my stepmother, and she's passed away, but she was, uh, uh, my father's not here to defend himself, but she was his fifth wife. Mm. Uh, it took him a while to get it right. But um, she was so involved in the choir down in Florida, down on the East Coast in uh, Stewart. Um, and uh, it, it really was something special for her in retirement. I know that uh, whether you're 55 plus, okay, I'm going to presume most people are probably not retired at 55, um, but 
you're starting to think about, well, well, what do I do? Do I volunteer? You know, I mean, way back when you had the candy stripers at the hospital and different things like that. But there's so many different opportunities and it doesn't have to, you know, you can volunteer, you can find a different passion, you can learn how to paint, you can learn how to sing, um, which is really kind of neat. And you do have the opportunity for olders that, that really isn't here. Yeah. And, you know, people that, you know, people are on different journeys with their singing with us. Some have, you know, sung their entire lives and had a career in singing and want to continue to do that. Or it's always been a hobby. Some people are just picking up singing in a choir for the very first time. To keep them in the back. No, we have not. We, <laughs> we have non turn their mics down a little bit and yeah, keep them in the back. That's one of the beautiful things about Encore Creativities. We are non-auditioned. So we take everybody that wants to sing in, in one of our choirs. But I was, you know, as people, uh, maybe they sing in high school or they sing in college or they sing in their church choir and they've put that on hold for years for a family or a career or whatever sure. it might be. So it's fun to be able to pick that, you know, back up again. But what one of the beautiful things about choir, you know, it, it is about music and it is about singing, but it's just so much... Uh, about community. It's something wonderful about bringing people together collectively in the same space, lifting your voice together and creating songs. So it really gives older adults a sense of belonging uh, and a sense of purpose. Leslie, I know that in our church that we go to, they have, and I I don't know how widespread it is because I had never heard it before, but they have a a program called WESUS, W-E-S-U-S, which is whoever shows up sings. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so I don't don't know how widespread it is, but it's, and sometimes it's kind of interesting. I know I, uh, this past weekend, I was like, I, I can't because they've reinstituted the mask mandate and I wear glasses and being able to see the lyrics. Oh, yes. And can my glasses some fog. Stand. So I'm like, no, I'm just a hummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. Just humming until we can get, yeah. figure this out with the fog. But um, so, but I mean, you said this is 55 and up. I mean, what does your choir, choirs, choruses? Corrals is what Corrals. we call them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, skew. I mean, are they typically older, older? I know like some retirement communities say 55 plus and you look you know, you get in there and I think somebody at 55 would be like a teenager. Sure. Well, because we're located in 26 different cities and communities, every single chorale or as we call rocks programs, which is uh, super fun. It's chorale music that's geared towards rock music. So Beatles and Johnny Cash and Queen and all that fun stuff. But everyone looks different. You know, some depending on if the if the location is it may be centered at a retirement community or if they're in a senior center or a church, you might see more or younger, older adults coming to those programs. So it, it, it's hard to say how it skews because each community and city really does look different. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the different cities that you have. I mean, you uh, again, I'm, my mind is a little bit blown here in that it's, uh, you know, we thought this was just an Anne Arundel County, Annapolis area type of a nonprofit. I know that you guys have performed at Maryland Hall and a couple of different venues, but I mean, where where all are you? Yes, yeah, so we're mostly in the Mid-Atlantic region. We have choirs in the Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. area. We also have a choir choir in New York City. We have a choir out in Santa Clarita, California, and we're looking at several wonderful places like Wilmington, North Carolina, Pompano Beach to to create more corrals. Uh, We just are launching this season one in Wilmington, Delaware. So we're in five different states currently. Oh, wow. You mentioned two of the cities that my kids are in. My one's up in New York and one's down in Wilmington, North Carolina. I, so Wilmington, North Carolina is a great place. I'm telling you. Yeah, with that, <laughs> I hope with that corral actually does get started there because that's a wonderful place. Without a doubt. Well, what what do, what do we call the corral? Are they members? Are they singers? Are they yeah, students? They, they're singers. They're performers. They're choir members. All of the above. But they're members of Encore Creativity. Okay. And how does that work? I mean, do you pay a tuition for a, I mean, you're not, well, I guess you are instructing, but you're instructing by performance. I mean, it's not like, 
you don't go in. I, I imagine you don't go in and you okay. Now we're going to do the scales. La 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 la. You know, I mean, you may do that to warm up. Right. We but, do. Our conductors are all fantastic. So we have fifteen professional, fantastic conductors that help lead our programs, and they find a balance of teaching the, the music for the seasons because there's a, a concert at the end, but also being able to have fun and, and to throw in some education. So they might do some music theory or some sight singing practices, or they might help our, our singers understand, you know, where are they in, in that music score? So it is a balance of the three because we have 15 weeks for a semester. And so they're able to really dive into the music. Okay. So the end goal is a performance at the end of 15 weeks. And that's, that's where everybody is striving to work through toward, toward the end. And then they go, obviously go at different speeds. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So in Encore Creativity, every single choir, chorale or, or rocks program uh, sings the same repertoire. So we have an artistic director, Brian Isaac, who picks that repertoire. And no matter what city or community in, that's what you perform. You work through that for 15 weeks with your fantastic conductor at your rehearsal, same time, same place, same day of the week. And then there's a concert at the end of that season. And those happens in, happen in December and in May. Now, I remember in high school, I did some plays and stuff like that, and the after parties were always killers. That's, does that still translate here to the, to the older? older <laughs> yes, like, I, I tell you. Well, pre-COVID, you know, I, I heard true. there were some pretty killer parties after after the choir concerts, but now, you know, we try to we try to dissuade that. <laughs> how, well, how, how long, how large are your different chorales? Or, or does that vary, again, depending on the city and the interest, I would imagine? It does. Yeah, it does vary, but they can range anywhere from 30 or 40 up to past 100. So pre-COVID, uh, we had had almost 1,500 singers performing in our different chorale programs. That's wild. Yeah, it's really incredible. I, I think it's Annapolis's best kept secret. <laughs> well, we hope, hope hopefully we can we can ixnay that and let people know about this. But now the music that you perform in the chorale. Okay, you mentioned you've got the rock. What did you call it? Rocks. Encore rocks. rocks. And that has some more modern music and stuff like that. Is the other stuff, and for lack of a better word, is is it all old fuddy-duddy music, or is it... No, it's a good question, but it's it's a good mixture of music. So you might have some of your classical literature that you would have sung like in a college chorale or such. But then also, like this season, we're doing some Gershwin. We have a whole West Side Story medley. So it's a really good mixture. And we have a, a commitment to diversity and repertoire so that anybody who's coming to be a part of Encore finds something in the season that they really can connect to. Neat. Interesting. Well, how did you, I mean, you mentioned you were from Orlando and we're here recording this right now and it's not supposed to get above 20 today. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you apparently had like a glutton for punishment and came up here and <laughs> I mean, how did you end up here from Florida? Yeah. So my uh, journey began in church music. I was a church music director and then I worked for Walt Disney Entertainment in Orlando. And then I started a nonprofit called Central Florida Community Arts. And that was an organization multidisciplinary for all ages and abilities. I had thousands of people performing uh, on our stages across Central Florida. And I really have a passion for creative aging. I have a passion for older adults connecting to the power of arts and what that does for them mentally, physically, socially, all of that. And so when I got the call and was asked to come and lead Encore Creativity, uh, I felt like it was the right time for my next adventure. So I said, yes. It was a calling? (laughs) It was a calling, yeah. You should have called someplace warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you, I do love Florida, but I also, I love the cold weather weather too. It's funny when I first arrived here in October, it was beautiful fall weather. Right. And so as I was meeting the different corrals and talking to them, I was like, Oh, I was, I'm so excited to have this fall weather. And they would say, yes, but wait, cause
because winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, you've, you've got to experience it, I guess, a couple of weeks ago when it was like 65 degrees one day. And then it was like, what, eight inches of snow the next the day. Next and day yes. <laughs> it, was, it was Maryland. Maryland weather, they say, is just absolutely a little bit cra- crazy there. Um, do you guys focus on any other creativity outlets? I mean, art is a very broad category. Um, and, and, you know, you hear about, you know, seniors, everybody, you know, that we do painting or we do acting or Shakespeare or whatever it may be, or cabaret and everything else like that. I mean, do you have any visions of getting into anything other than the vocal arts? Yeah, absolutely. So from day one, this organization was called Encore Creativity because the vision was that we would be multidisciplinary, that we would have programs for choir and for bands and for theater and for dance for older adults. Our founder, Gene Kelly, is a choral conductor. And so for the last 14 years, that's really what the organization has focused on was building those choral programs. So part of me also being here uh, is because of the multidisciplinary background that I have and to be able to lead us in a direction to where we not only have core programs for older adults, but we also have dance programs and, and theater troops and, and orchestras and bands. One of the things that I'm super excited about that we're launching in February is what we're calling Encore University, John. So Encore University is an online lifelong learning program in all of the arts. And so you can take 15 classes online, sketching and drawing, storytelling, sight singing and music, learning about opera, all sorts of things for an unbelievable price. And so Encore University is kind of part of the future of this organization is to be able to, across the country, people can engage uh, with these online classes. That's interesting. Did that come out of COVID? It did. So it came out of COVID because, of course, when everything shut down, the organization wanted to keep going. So they they coined the word that the term Encore University and at the time it was mostly just online singing rehearsals and they threw in a couple of classes here and there and so when I came and Brian Isaac our new artistic director we took that Encore University and made it its own educational platform where older adults can can really dabble in all sorts of arts we actually this is our first semester and we even have a ballet class that you can take online you know it's it's so neat to hear you know we hear all the bad news about COVID and you know how horrible it is and 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 the whole night yards, but I was talking with Jose Luis Novo from the Annapolis Symphony as well as Ega Herrera, and it's very similar to you. They were shut down, and they went to their Symphony Plus, I believe it's called, Mm -hmm. and now this little symphony in Annapolis is exposed to a worldwide audience. Instead of performing in front of an audience of 600 or 800 at Maryland Hall, Mm -hmm. uh, you're doing, you, you have the ability, I mean, obviously sitting in your living room with a you know, a box of bonbons and a beer is not the same as sitting in a theater. But you you've got the ability to expose the the quality and the professionalism of the arts uh, here in our little town of Annapolis to a worldwide audience, which is really kind of a kind of a neat thing that COVID is forced us to learn how to do. Yeah, I mean, I think every business has had to learn how to adapt. And if I have to say the word pivot one more time. Oh, I know. I, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Just get, get the gun out. Yeah, and, right. But just... it's, it, it has a cause us to pivot in a, in a lot of ways to be more flexible and to be more nimble in the way that we bring programming to people. You know, when you talk about accessibility, which is a part of the you know core values of who we are, there, there were still some things that were in the way, right? Like transportation mm-hmm. barriers, getting to an actual program. 
So when you're able to take programming into people's homes, you're able to reach more more people. So this technology, leveraging technology is not something the arts did very well at all. I'm sure every arts organization you talk to didn't really think of technology in that way. And so now all of us have said, how can we take technology and use and le- use it to leverage our programming to reach even more people? So we probably would have never even thought of Encore University if it hadn't been for COVID. Right. Well, you do three performances a year. Is that what it works out to? You said 15 weeks. So I mean, about 45 and yeah, you so have to sleep at some point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we have a, a fall semester that culminates with a concert season in December. And then we have a spring uh, semester that culminates with a, uh, a performance in May. But we also have summer programming. So we have camps. We have summer camps oh. for older adults. We usually take some type of travel tour over the summer as well. They've traveled Europe and Canada and all sorts of fun, Cuba, all sorts of fun things. We were supposed to be doing a Southern California tour, but it just didn't work out with all of what's happening. Right. So there's a lot of fun summer stuff too. And at each one of those camps, there's performances at the end. So there's a lot of ways to engage with, with Encore throughout the entirety of the whole year. So, I mean, if you wanted to get a taste of it, I mean, to me, it would seem like I might, uh, even though you've never heard me sing and nobody probably wants to, and that humming at church is probably a very good thing. But, I mean, to come and do a summer camp yeah. session, which is, you know, and then say, well, gosh, you know, I really like this. I want to sign up for the 15 weeks. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the camps are so much more than just singing. I mean, they really are about having fun and, and checking out the, the, the local town that we're in. It's about, you know, learning some new, some new, uh, hobbies as far as, you know, if you're taking like a, a sight singing class or something like that. Uh, but this, uh, summer we'll be doing a camp in Chautauqua up in New York, and we'll also be doing two camps at Washington College in Chestertown. Oh, neat! So something a little closer here to Annapolis, and then something that would be fun to get away to. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we, and we do have a lot of great professional and amateur groups in the area. I mean, I you know, I'll, I'll highlight the Annapolis Symphony. I mean, they've Annapolis, they've done their um, oh, what is their their academy? For the young kids, um, where they're you know going into schools and they're bringing them out from little ankle biters, right, <laughs> all, all the all the way up. And we do have the London Town Symphony. Do you guys work with any of these organizations, or are you primarily just a chorale to go up and and perform? I mean, would you have a symphony accompany you? Yeah, it's a great question. Currently, we don't, but we would love to. You know, part of the the vision that I foresee us having is it does entail a lot of partnerships and collaborations. So I think it would be incredible for us to build uh, some type of relationship with, say, the London Town or the Annapolis Symphony and in all of our communities that we perform in with local community orchestras to be able to have. We already have live uh, music, so we have an accompanist, and sometimes we bring in instrumentalists. But to have a symphony behind our singers would be fantastic. You know. I- I love when they kind of, it kind of scrambles your mind when you do something like that. And I, and I do love it. I've got a, a bunch of friends, a good friends of mine from Philadelphia were in a band that was uh, very popular in the eighties called the Hooters mm. and they still tour in Europe and everything else, but they will do a, um, they'll do a symphony tour and they'll play with some of these symphonies in, you know, all across Europe and they play this rock and it's very similar to your encore rocks, but They'll play this rock music. It'll start out with the symphony and the the violins and the oboes and the cellos and the, and the whole nine yards. And then all of a sudden, you bring in this electric guitar and then these loud vocals. And before you know it, you're into this thing. And then it comes back down. And at the end, you're like, wow, that just totally scrambled my mind. And it was amazing. 
Yeah, I love I love that. I love thinking about how, you know, what it would look like for our older adults to be able to perform with a full symphony and how exciting that would be. We actually, uh, the last few years, have performed at the Kennedy Center in a mass choir uh, performance. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do it this past Christmas, but coming up on May 14th, we'll be doing one at Strathmore Hall in D.C. That's a great place. It's a beautiful place. And so having three, four, five hundred singers on stage from all different communities coming together, boy, that would be fabulous to have a full symphony orchestra uh, to partner with in that. So maybe that's in our future. So we've got the Encore Chorale, Encore Rocks. Uh, we've got the summer programs that you guys have, which maybe little camps and everything else. Is there anything else that you guys are digging your claws into? Yeah. So we talked about this earlier, but Encore University. So you can check right, that right, out on our website. Right, I about that one. The educational platform, which is really incredible to kind of dabble in all the arts. And then we have a beautiful program called Sentimental Journey Singers. And that is uh, for people who might be experiencing early stages of dementia or cognitive impairment and giving them a wonderful choral experience. The last part of the brain that goes, John, is the part that recognizes and understands music. So music is so powerful to brain health. It is. I, I my my mother had dementia before she passed, and you're you're absolutely right. Um, the songs of her childhood, which were way before my time, uh, were very clear to her. Uh, very very late in life, and I'm and I'm sure you've seen it, but there's a video out on YouTube um, where there's an older gentleman that's suffering from dementia. And he's really non-responsive or whatnot, and somebody came in and put a pair of headphones on and was some you know Benny Goodman or something or other, and the foot started to tap, and then the head started to bob, and then he started to sway a little bit, and you know the smile came onto his face, and so you're absolutely right. That's such a beautiful program, but for you know folks that are have early onset Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful program, and you're exactly right. I mean, it's so neat to see people who might be not responsive or, uh, you know, really having a, a, a tough time suffering with dementia on that day, and they walk into rehearsal and they hear music that connects them back to their childhood or when they got married or when their kids went off to prom or whatever it may be, and that music and that memory connects, and their eyes light up and their li- head lifts, and they sing those words. It's it's truly powerful. Music music is powerful. Obviously, the easiest way to become involved in this is to come and sing, to join one of the programs that are here. And you, as a nonprofit, um, you guys, I'm assuming, accept, you know, donations if somebody just wants to support it that may not. Uh, be sing worthy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, individual giving also, but corporate sponsorships or foundations. Mm-hmm. We are a nonprofit and our goal is about making the arts accessible to older adults. So anybody that's interested in that can definitely reach out. So it's come out and perform, donate somehow, support or attend, obviously, I would imagine. Absolutely. Our concerts are all free. And so you're able to connect in any of the communities that we're in, see what our concert schedule is online, EncoreCreativity.org, and you can come and attend one of our concerts. This is fantastic. Joshua Vickery is the CEO of Encore Creativity for Older Adults. And again, my mind is kind of blown on this whole thing. I didn't realize that you were as large and as I would say global, but well, yeah, you are. You've, you've done some Europe stuff, but I mean, as, as national as you are based right here in Annapolis, but, you know, focused on the mid Atlantic. And, you know, I, I think it's just got to be a great way because there's so many people that, you know, as they get into retirement age, your life is all wrapped up around your work. Mm. And that's who, you know, aside from your immediate neighborhood social thing, 
it's your work thing. And you've got these two little bubbles. And this is an opportunity, I've got to think, for anybody to get out there and say, well, gosh, these are some new people. We have a common interest. Let's meet them. Mm. And Absolutely. Relationships are so important. And I, that's a great way you know, to, to build relationships and new friendships is to join the community that we love as Corrals. Fantastic. Joshua Vickery, who does not have a pipe or a beard or <laughs> is stroking uh, the chin, telling me all about the classic literature. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Congratulations on, I don't know, on your move up here from Orlando. And, uh, you know, and, and what's what's in the future for Encore? That's, this is exciting. Thank you, John. It's my honor. And I'm super excited to be here and can't wait to see the future of Encore Creativity. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.